there is no one like him, God. We exalt your name, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus.
Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you praise. Today is the last Sunday of the year 2023 and today is the last day of the year 2023, 31st of December 2023. What an awesome privilege to be a partaker of this divine gift. What an awesome privilege to be a partaker of this divine gift. Maybe you are under the sound of my voice this morning and um, it looks like you've not really seen what God has done for you this year. I, I would love to show you. I would love to show you. Maybe you are blind and you can't see. Can't you see your legs are in that? Can you see that your eyes still have pairs of eyes? Can you see that you can still breathe? Can you see that you still have hands. Can you see that you 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 are you are you are able you have appetite for food? You might not have the kind of food you think you want to eat, but there's still appetite for food. You slept and you woke up for the past three sixty-five days. There are people who have been sleeping on hospital bed for the same number of days. There are people who have been on oxygen. I don't know how, how oxygen is measured in the hospital, but I'm sure they pay nothing less than maybe $20 per day for oxygen. I'm sure. I'm sure. They pay nothing less than $20 every day for oxygen, which is approximately 200 Ghana cities per day for oxygen. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. And you are here. You are not on oxygen. You are not on crutches. You are not on a wheelchair. You are not... Oh my God. Can somebody just lift your voice and say, Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. We just give you praise. 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 The plan actually was to teach this morning. But I sat down and I said, it's been a whole year. 
back to back we've been teaching back to back we've been praying prophesying even up till last night i think god is what giving the praise god is what giving the praise now let's see a scripture let's see some scripture and we're going to get back on that song again all right you might not understand some of the lyrics but i want you to be intentional about this thing luke chapter 17 let's take from verse 11 luke 17 let's go from verse 11 oh we appreciate you lord you see amazingly many of us you are crying now that you don't have money you are crying now that maybe your plan was to get married this year you're not married you are crying now that maybe um you don't have a baby yet you don't have a job but actually the replot of the enemies was your funeral yeah the plot of the enemies was your death and you that god have rescued from death the real plan of the enemies was that you go mad the plan of the enemy was that you bury your children you that god have rescued that should be looking back and say father thank you is the one saying god why why me why me look at my age by this time I am still here. Oh God, why me? <sighs> I understand your, your situation quite all right. Okay? But listen, always find a reason to be grateful. Always find a reason to be grateful. God has been so good. Somebody went to the labor room and died with a child. You went to labor room this year. You came back with your child. Somebody went to labor room. The mother didn't come back. Only the child was brought back alive. Some the child did not come back. Only the word, the mother came back. Some the mother didn't come. It was only the child. Somebody traveled on the road and they didn't arrive at the destination. But you, you've traveled by flight, by sea, by road. There's, you've, you've traveled everywhere. Some of you have been driving this year. Somebody like me, this year I've driven as though I'm a public transport driver. But look at me here. No accident. No broken legs. No broken lips. No scratches. Nothing. Nothing. But somebody somewhere traveled. And they've not even driven as... They were more careful. But still, they are dead and gone. God is just so good. Let's always learn to find gratitude in everything. Let's find gratitude in everything. Always thank God. Always thank God. Always thank God. He's amazing. All right, let's get that scripture now. Let's get that scripture. Look at this. And it came to pass, as he went through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Let's go verse 14 down. Okay. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go shew yourselves unto the priests. 
And it came to pass that as they went, people should be posting the thing well. As they went, they were cleansed. Look at it now. They were turned, don't forget. They were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found, or I'm going to stop in verse 19, that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, and thy faith hath made thee whole. Thanksgiving is a very powerful tool. Thanksgiving is a very powerful tool. The Bible just gave us a story of 10 men who found themselves in a situation that they did not plan for. And now they got the opportunity to um, meet God to get the answers that they requested for or they desire. I said to us yesterday, your problem does not mean God is dead. Your problem does not mean God is dead. Your problem does not mean God is absent. Let me repeat. The fact that you are in trouble does not mean that God has died. God is alive. All you've got to do is to find him. God is everywhere, but God functions differently everywhere. Right now, as I'm talking now, God is in Ghana. It's in Nigeria, it's in America, it's in Europe, it's everywhere. But God does not function the same way everywhere, based on covenant. There are places you will enter now, and God is there through the teaching of the word, but no, no deliverance, no prophecy. There are places you will enter, God is there through deliverance, but no teaching of the word. There are places you enter. So, God is everywhere, but you're going to find out where does God want you to be. There is a place God wants to meet everybody. For Abraham, he met him at Mount Moriah. For Jacob, he met him at Bethel. You must find out where God wants to meet you. And I'm going to say this to us in 2024. Let us reset our commitment to God. You can't be everywhere and find God. You can't be everywhere and find God. God is not in heaven. I know a lot of us have believed that God is in heaven. God is not in heaven. God is in the secret place. Psalm 91 and it says that he that um, goes into the secret place of the Lord shall abide under the shadow. He that dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God is in the secret place. There are places where you find God. Many of us, the whole of 2023, you never had one day that you sat down and said, Today, 
I'm not going to work. I'm not going to do anything. I just want to sit down with God, study, pray, and thank Him. The whole of this year. Next year, don't do the same thing. Change it. That is the reason why <clears throat> suddenly you get struck with an attack. You get struck with a confrontation. Suddenly the enemies will shoot an arrow and it will hit you. Why? Psalm 91 said, "He Can I get that scripture? Post it for me. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So if you stay with God enough, he will cover you anywhere you go. If you stay with God, this is your busy, busy, busy. You are in and out. You are in and out. You are out and in. It's a risky way of life. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You don't find God in the crowd. You don't find God with the multitude. No. You find him in the altitude. You must mount up wings. You must separate yourself. You must set a time aside. That is why I always say my best meeting that we have yearly is camp meeting or camp meeting. Thank God for camp meeting online. This last one, it's so unfortunate. I had a lot of activity at the same time. Camp meeting, I don't like going anywhere. I don't like talking to anybody. I don't like doing anything. I just want to stay in the place of prayer. It's my best meeting we have every year. Camp meeting. Camp meeting. Just sitting down, fasting, praying, hearing the word or teaching the word. Nothing else. 2024, build a culture where you sit aside and just dine in the word. Another very bad thing we do is that a lot of us have no system of commitment to God. I don't know what your reason be. Maybe somebody have disappointed you before. Somebody have hurt you and all of that. In 2024, stop it. Stop it. Create a system of commitment to God in your finances. As you get busy, as you go about your day, be sure to be committed to your tithing. Listen, what I'm telling you, if you don't want to crash land one day, if you don't want to crash land, you don't want to crash one day, you don't want to fall into disaster one day, you don't want to see yourself in a place where you are now running and looking for who will help you. Number one, create, set out a particular time. It could be monthly. It could be in two, three months. Set out. Don't go three months and you've not stayed away from busy activities. You are dying without knowing. Don't stay three months. I'm sure some of you now why you are suffering, why you are under attack, why things suddenly start stop working. Oh, pastor, that's not a problem. They say somebody brought a charm. Okay, I agree. That is fine. If somebody brought a charm and planted in your house, that is why you are sick. Are you telling me that charm is stronger than God? Are you telling me that you that is a believer, you cannot nullify a charm? No. The problem is you think that, oh, you can live anyhow, you can be busy as you want, and God still owes it to you to come and um, just protect you. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. You see, I'm a Christian. Oh, Father, thank you. I am covered. No, ma. No, sir. 
That is not how it works. You must spend time with God. You must carry this God. You must know him. That is your advantage. Listen, listen. Okay. If you've not registered for School of Ministry, do well to go register. All right? If you've not registered for School of Ministry, I'm teaching too many things I'm supposed to deal with in School of Ministry. I'm going to, I will stop. But let me just throw some, a light to you now. Listen. When you get, when you are to get born again, you receive Jesus into your life. Okay? Salvation is a person. Salvation is Jesus. He's your rescuer. Okay? When you receive him into your life. Now, receiving Jesus into your life, what that does for you after the order of Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 is to remove your name from death. Alright? I told us last week what that means, that every unbeliever is a dead man, right? If you're online, you remember that every unbeliever is a dead man, but you have to receive Jesus to have life. So, it's to take you out of that eternal death and bring you into eternal life. That is the first thing that that salvation does for you. It brings you in at peace with God. So, when you're saying, I am saved, you are saying, I'm no more dead. When I'm saying I'm saved, you are saying I'm no more at risk of being tormented in hell. If Jesus comes now, he will receive me. If you're saying I'm saved, you are saying I belong to somebody else now. I no more belong to devil. All right? Now, you receive the person of Jesus. And this is where a lot of us got to and we stopped. Let me tell you this, that what you receive does not guarantee you prosperity. What you received does not guarantee you a level of protection. What you just received, the salvation, does not guarantee you a level of favor, does not grant you power to deal with the enemies, does not give you spiritual fire, does not give you authority to a, a dimension. What you receive is something basic. For example, I give birth to a child now who happens to be a baby, as it were. You give birth to a child, the person is a baby. You grow, she's just about four, barely four months. Now, by being born into my house, she has received something which is called a member of a family. All right? Now, I, the father, will not allow anything to happen to her, but listen, it is only within my capacity and she had to be within my reach. I will not allow anything to happen to her within my capacity and within my reach. If I am not there, she would have to protect herself. If I am not there, she would have to provide for herself. If I am not there, she would have to feed herself. If I am not there, she would have to bait herself. But now, She's not grown enough to do these things. So how will she protect herself? This is what a lot of us are doing. We became born again as we joined the family of Christ and God began to do things for you. If you remember, everybody here, if you remember when you newly gave your life to Christ, you had a lot of things easy. 
If you are somebody who observant, you will remember when you newly repented, you gave your life to Christ, a lot of things were easy. If you pray for this, it will come. Oh, Father, I just want uh, money now. It will come. Father, yeah, it is. it happens. It's very normal. But listen, God is doing that because you are a baby. He wants to pull you in. He expects you to grow out of being a baby to begin to take responsibility. My child right now, she can just wake up and start crying. For no reason. Because she feels everybody have left her. Ah, ah, ah. You carry her, she will start laughing. Yeah, she does that to me. But by the time she gets to 10 years, if she wakes up and start laughing, she will take some kin. Start crying rather. Just wake up, yeah, 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 yeah. waiting for somebody to carry you. I will flog you. You're not paralyzed. You are not handicapped. When you can stand up from the bed, and I will flog you. So that is what a lot of us are doing. We only received the person of Jesus and we got stagnated. Now, there is something else, another dimension of Jesus called the principles of Jesus. The person of Jesus gives you salvation. The principles of Jesus gives you a progressive life. The person of Jesus gives you salvation. The principles of Jesus gives you a progressive life. This is what a lot of us have not learned and they've not taught you in church or they've not been able to break it down to you. To this town point, I know you are born again, but do you understand the principles of Jesus? Are you putting them to play in your life? So, so why some are born again and they are poor? They are born again quite all right. They are poor. Some are born again, they are living a sickly life. Some are born again, they are powerless. Some are born again, not anointed. Some are born again, no authority. Some are born again, no power. Some are born again, no favor. They receive the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus does not entrust you with the principles. No, the principles are 80% neutral, 80% universal. Because there are few principles that are set aside for only believers. What I mean by 80% neutral and universal is that a Muslim can apply the same principle. They can learn it and apply it and they will get results. What are the principle of, principles of Jesus? Forgiveness. What are the principles of Jesus? Giving. If a Muslim give now and a Christian does not give, the Muslim, the Christian is not going to get blessed. Oh, you see, I'm a child of God. So I will not give. I will not pay my tithe. I will not do. But God is my father. He's going to bless me. No problem. Just be watching who will see. And the Muslim, the Islams have a special kind of giving. They, they don't call it tithe. I think they call it, um, um, I don't know. Is it Sadat or Sad? I don't know, Sakat or Sadat, something like that. They have a name, they call it. As you begin to get Sakat, all right. As you begin to get blessed as a Muslim, you must set aside a certain percentage of your income. It is compulsory. No negotiation. As you begin to get blessed, you must. It's a must. I don't know why believers argue and fight with God over things that are not necessary. You gave your life to Jesus. You were, not, you were not afraid. You were excited. But now to give your money to Jesus, you are afraid. And I, I know the reason. I know the reason. The reason is because 
You felt when you give your life to Jesus, um, you, you didn't put it in the hand of your pastor. It is Jesus you gave it to. Who led you to Christ? Was he not a man? So you feel the money. You are putting the money in the hand of a man, so it's not going to God. Somebody, it's your brain. Your brain is the brain that is the problem. Too much wisdom that is not necessary. So it is compulsory for them. So now, if a Muslim puts in the principle of giving, that Muslim is going to get blessed, and the Christian who didn't do it will not get blessed. That principle is a universal principle. It's a if a Hindu, uh, don't, those that practice Hinduism, those that practice Ekanka, those that practice Hare Krishna, and all that kind of um, um, religion, if they put in the principle of giving, Elon Musk is not a Christian. But go and check his charity system. Go check it. America have a system. If you are reached to a level, compulsorily, you must create a system of charity where you give back to the world. That what they even give is worse than tight. Let me use that word. Bigger than tight. They don't do ten percent. Check them. Go check. They have every one of them have foundations. Bill Gates and all of them. You will see where they are giving millions, hundreds of millions, one billion, ten billion, all of it. All of it. So God, in his wisdom, now structured a system for his people. He said the world can call the, they can call it foundation, they can call it charity, they can call it whatsoever, but this one we call it tight. This one we call it seed. This one we call it first fruit. This one we call it giving to the poor. This one we call it honor to your man of God. We have set that this one for the kingdom because the kingdom is not the same with the world. And I've told you that the kingdom is not heaven. The kingdom is anywhere that the lifestyle of Jesus is influencing. The kingdom is not heaven. The kingdom of God, rather, is not heaven. The kingdom of heaven is heaven. The kingdom of God is within you. Anywhere, it's not just in church. The kingdom of God can be at your workplace. Anywhere you dominate Christ, anywhere you manifest Jesus, the kingdom has come there. So if you enter your office now and you begin to show Christ in your office, you begin to change your office, people are now afraid to do the wrong thing because they know there is somebody there who talks about Jesus. The kingdom has come in the midst. So he now gave us the principle of Jesus. I know, I know, a lot of people have abused it. A lot of people have taken it wrong. A lot of people have done a lot of scam things. That does not change the principle. You can only change the person, but don't change the principle. You can only fight the person, don't fight the principle, else you will suffer. He gave us fasting. Fasting is part of the principles of Jesus. You can't do without fasting. And most of us, the kind of fasting you do, 6 to 12, you will drink tea. What is wrong with you? 6 to 12. You will drink tea. You will drink tea. Six to two, you've drank one bottle of juice. What are you doing? Say, I'm, I'm fasting. You will still add, add phonetic to it. You are not fasting, my friend. You are going through a slimming course. Maybe you are trying to do some detox. Fasting is simply a moment of deprivation. Yes, there are kinds of fasting. But let me say this to you. Some of you, forgive me, I'm going to say some things that might not go well to your ears, but it's the truth. Some of you grow around a lazy pastor. Yeah. Some of you, particularly those of you who are out of the country. Yeah. You don't see the reason to do dry fasting because do you know why? Um, 
everything is there. You can just apply for a job and get it. Um, the government will give you some stipends at the end of the month if nothing is working. Um, you can, uh, what else? There's light. You don't have to pray for light. The road is there. And now, listen, listen, Satan is universal. Whether you are in America, you are in Togo, if you think it's only light and job and visa that will make you fast, don't worry. One day, the devil is going to hit you in the hard place. Check every man of God who had really done exploit in America, in Africa, all over the world. They were men of fasting. Check T.D. Jakes. Go and study. Check Ora Roberts. Check Kenneth Hagin. Check every one of them. They were men of fasting and prayer. So if you can't really fast, what I can take akin into is could be is possible you grew up under a lazy pastor. That's it. I was listening to Bishop Eddie days ago, and he said, Winners Chapel as a church does three days fasting every month. Then the staffs of the church every day does launch our prayer for over 30 years it's been on one hour prayer that is that's not your own personal prayer all the church office around the world 12 o'clock the telephone lines are off nothing nobody works nobody does everybody gather whether you are a security man you are a driver you are a cook everybody gather for one for for long over 30 years you know many of you are trying to expect the best from god but we have not really given the best back to god we haven't given it to God for over 30 years. And he said, all the leaders, all the pastors, all those who are at the top does seven days fasting every month. So you're asking, oh, why is this man so powerful? Why is he so rich? Why is it that there are secrets to this thing? Receiving Jesus does not entrust everything to you. After you receive the life of Jesus, you must learn. You must stay under somebody who teach you the principles of Jesus accurately. Not just teaching you now. They have to teach you accurately. And you need to apply them accurately. Some of you listening to me, your pastor was afraid to talk to you. I say this. I tell God every day, any member I cannot talk to should not come around me. Because you are rich or because you are too old, or because you are too big, or because you are too much in a, a position. If I can't talk to the person, I should not be your pastor. So if you are too rich, you are the ones supporting your church, so your pastor can't even tell you the truth that this is what you should do. This is what you should do. Somebody reached out to me some time ago and said, them, hey, Pastor, um, I want to bring uh, my tithe, but I will share it. I said, why are you sharing it? And you see, I have to send tithe to you. I said, take it there. Take all there. Don't share it. You don't share tithe. You don't share tithe. You don't share first fruit. Take all. Carry it and go. Don't come and stress my life. Don't stress me at all. Another one called again. Hey, can I share my tithe? Oh, you are my father. But you see, I have a place where I attend. I said, carry and go. Don't stress my life. And she didn't bring it. And I didn't die. Neither did she die. I didn't die you. And she didn't die. Carry it. Go and do whatever you want to do. That's your own personal business. And for pastor, every time I give my tithe here, I realize there is different. So why are you asking questions? I should not start, start killing my head, start explaining scriptures. It is a, a believers that you have to explain with a lot of scriptures why they should do what they do. But you see those who are born in Islam. It is just a culture. Certain things are now cultures. You don't have to teach it. As they are growing in the family, the father will say, this is how we do it. 
There's, you don't have your own opinion. Their mother will say, this is how we do it. So you learn the principles of Jesus. If not, all you're going to be is just a born-again Christian. But you see, when it comes to royalty, when it comes to excellence, when it comes to power, the principles of Jesus cuts across both the secular world. Work is part of the principle of Jesus. You will hear Jesus again and again said, work while it is day for the night cometh where no man can work. I understand that part of that is talking about um, doing the work of the gospel and all of that. But still, he is trying to point out to the fact that you have to work. You have to work. I don't know where a lot of believers have learned the culture that if I can just pray, I will be rich. You will die poor. If you pray, you don't work. I advise every one of you to go through the Facebook page. For the past few days, I've just been scheduled a lot of, lot of posts on the, on the page. If you go, if you don't work, you will be poor. If you work and you don't work smart also, you will be poor. The story of the five talents in Matthew 25 gave us wisdom of work. Now, one was given five, one was given two, one was given one. All right, that is likened to a business, to an investment. The one that gave, they gave five, worked hard, worked smart, he became richer. The one that Jesus gave to, worked hard, worked smart, diligent, he became richer. The one they gave one, didn't work well, and he became poor. So it is one thing to work, it's another thing to work well. Bible said, whatever your hand findeth to do, do it well. Because there is no work in the grave where you are going to. So once you are dead, it's gone. Work smart. Be creative. Be intentional. You are somebody who is a civil servant. Listen, until you detach your heart from mammon. Mammon is called the god of money. It's an idol called the god of money. Mammon, the duty of mammon is to make you love God, love money more than God. Okay? How do you know you love money more than God? The moment you can't let it go. That's why Luke 16, he said that you cannot serve two masters at a time. You cannot serve mammon and serve God. The moment you can't let it go. Now you're about to pay your tithe and you now see your tithe is almost $10,000. You are afraid. Ah! This money could have afforded me one equipment. This money could have bought me maybe a car. This money, if I put it back into an investment, maybe I would have even gotten 2% in the next one month and all of that. But do you know what that, the foolish part we don't think about? If my tithe is $10,000, that means God has blessed me with $100,000. Tithe is only 10%. If you are a business person, wisdom, let me give you a kingdom wisdom. If you are a business person, Tight for your business. Your tithe is not your capital. Your tithe is the profit out of the business. By the time you are done, you take out your profit. 10% of your profit, give it to God. You are paying yourself salary. As you pay yourself salary, 10% remove it and give it to God. It should, once your heart become too heavy, your heart become too big to do it, then the God of mammon has held on to you. And one day, you will need God to defend you by the covenant of tithing. And that covenant will not be there to defend you. There is something called first fruit. I, I thought I would teach about it. Maybe I will still do it in January. Maybe, maybe. I was, 
actually busy some days ago when I overheard uh, Mrs. Ka was teaching and and the brother the revelation through and the story of Elijah and uh, some of you were asking some questions and all of that. Your first fruit is your whole income for the first month of the year. January income. So if you are somebody who gets um, two paychecks, three paychecks, so is it the first one or the second one? January income is your first fruit. So can I give some to the poor and bring some to the church? No, that is not how it is given. It is given to the, it's submitted to the priest. It is given to the, to God through the priest, not to the poor. Go and listen to the teaching I did on Titan. I did an extensive teaching on Titan uh, part one, part two, part three, and that teaching is going to summarize giving to you generally. There is giving. There is tithing for the poor. There is giving to your parents. There is giving to your wife or your husband. There is giving to your pastor if you choose to. Then there is now the one that is sacred to God. Your tithe, your first fruit, your offering. It is sacred. It's a sacred giving. You see, one thing about God's deity, deities are jealous. Every God, whether the God in heaven, even God in heaven, Exodus 20, he said, I am a jealous God. Gods, idols are jealous. If you touch what belongs to idols, their jealousy will fight you because you have touched what is theirs. So, tithe is something that is sacred. First fruit is sacred. Sometimes we don't lay a lot of emphasis on offering. But when you read Malachi 3 verse, from verse 7 down to 10, God's complaint was not only on tithe. He said, you have robbed me in tithe and in offering. A lot of us are thieves. A lot of you, armed robbers. Armed robbers. Now, while you were small, you go to Sunday school, your mother gives you five Ghana CD to go to church. And that is what you give as offering. Now, God began to lift you. You got a job. You finished school, got a job, and you still grew. Since then, your offering is still five to ten Ghana cities. When will you come out of it? Since then, since then, you've not grown out. Your shoe size have grown. Your hair has grown. Your clothes has grown. Your stomach has grown. Your teeth has grown. But yet, your offering has not grown. He said, you robbed me not only in tithe, you know, your offering to you are a thief. So we must learn the principles of Jesus. Principle of forgiveness, fasting, prayer, honor, hard work, there are lot, 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 lot over over ten thousand principles. That if you don't apply these principles, you are going to suffer. I promise you. If you don't apply these principles, principle of honor, forgiveness, principle of respect, principle of humility, you don't apply them, you'll be born again, but yet you will suffer again. Yeah, you'll be born again. But you will suffer again. And you've been asking yourself, why is God looking at me like this? Can't God see what I'm going through? Can't God see? No. God is seeing it. But God has no... This is what most of us feel. We feel God have to just jump down and step into your life. Sure, sure, sure. God is not Jet Li. God is not Jackie Chan. That's not who God is. It's not a not squash nigger. God has sat down... I told us something yesterday. Some of you were just confused. God does not answer prayer. God does not create anything again. God is done answering prayers. 
God is done creating anything. God is done working. What God did from Genesis is to set down principles. Is to set down principles, principles, principles. If you pray, you will, a principle has been set. If you pray, you will get answer. If somebody pray for this to this level, okay, this level of prayer can give you this answer. This level of prayer can give you this answer. This level of prayer can give you this answer. If you pray to this level, okay, yeah, you can receive power and answer. If you are praying just little, 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 you can only receive answer. But if you can pray longer and be able to hit here, power will come. If you pray to this level, the prophetic anointing will come. If you pray to this, this will come. A principle have been set. You can't be awake and be dreaming. Once you are sleeping, dream has to come. The devil have also set a principle. If you are sleeping, we can also come and pollute your dream or we stop the dream. Now, let me give you a, a, a simple um, analogy of this. Everybody here knows an ATM machine. Alright? Automated teller machine. An ATM machine, you can go there in the night, you can go there in the morning, you can go there in the evening, you can go there in the afternoon. As long as there is cash, all you need to do is insert your card, put in your code, it will dispense cash. Is that true? Talk to me, talk to me. We'll be out of here in a moment. We're still talking about Thanksgiving. We are still on Thanksgiving. Yes. But I'd like to carry you from where you will understand it and bring you back so that by the time we are talking, we understand what we are saying. All right. So ATM will now dispense cash. Now, when the ATM was disbursing cash to you, was there a banker inside the machine or behind the machine? Was there someone inside the machine or behind the machine giving paying you? Some people say no. Some say yes. There's somebody in the machine when you go to ATM in the night. Because me, I used to think that while I was small, I thought there's somebody inside the bank every time. So once you put it, this, the person will now count your money and put it from the inside. Because I didn't understand how can the machine be so smart not to overpay you or underpay you. Ah, I, was, I didn't understand. Why is bank so careless with their money? They will just leave their money inside one box and go. Why somebody? What if the machine just overpay? I thought there was somebody there. All right, so what is going on is that there's been a program. A program has been done inside the machine. Your details have been put in the machine by what you filled up in the bank. Okay, if somebody put a card, and this card has a sensor, all right? There is a, a sensor on the card. When uh, the machine, according to the coding, when you when somebody put a card and you don't get this sensor, reject the card or seize the card. When somebody put a card, this card is going to have this number program inside. If you read this number, which happens to be the account number and the card number, then don't pay the person until the person gives you an access code. Let them ask the person to impute an access code. So let's say it's 0000 into 4, usually 4 codes. When the person puts in this code, don't also pay. Give the person options whether you want to check, you want to withdraw, whether it is savings, whether it is um, um, current, whether it is whatsoever. 
put it that the person will also make their choices. Then let them choose the denomination of money they want. Is it in $1? Is it in $5? Is it in 10 cities or 20? Let them choose. So you will do it and the machine will respond. That is how heaven runs. In fact, all of those technology were copied from God. That is how heaven runs. God does not sit down and, oh, this one wants a child. Okay, now let's move the baby. Oh, yeah, take it. Your baby is coming. And this one, what do you want? Oh, yeah, in the Gabriel, fast, fast, fast. This one, oh, look at that season. Oh, yeah, go. No, no. That's not how it works. God has set laws. God has set structures. So no matter the money you have in the bank, if you don't go to get an ATM, walk to the machine, impute it, put in your code, and select what you want, you are not going to go with cash. So God has also set his principles inside the same person of Jesus. That if you don't learn the principles, you don't find them, you don't apply them, you will also suffer. You will be stranded. So getting born again is very powerful. Is the basics. But the next thing everybody born again needs is not prophecy. Prophecy is good. If you get it, awesome. It's not prophecy. It's not um, any other thing. The first thing you need is a teacher. A teacher. A sound teacher. If not, you're going to roam through life suffering and confused. Not understanding the benefits that are made available for you as a Christian. So the ten lepers, Jesus met them and prayed for ten of them and said, go and show yourself to the priest. Go and show yourself to the priest. And while they were going, they, if you read this way the scripture put it, you're going to think that um, it was one person that got healed. No, it is not actually one person. It was the ten of them. Because if it was just one person, Christ would not have asked were they not ten that God healed? It was the ten of them. So one person saw the healing, ran back and says, Master, thank you. I am healed. And Bible said this guy was not a Christian or a Jewish person. He was not a Jewish person. He was a Samaritan. And he came back. He still had so that tells you that gratitude is also a universal principle. From what Jesus said in that scripture. Gratitude is a universal principle. If an unbeliever applies gratitude, that does not mean that they can bring it to God and get the reward they expect because they, the gratitude is a principle you can use at your workplace. It's a gratitude you can use in your house. You can use somewhere and with someone or to someone who has or is doing something in your life that you are grateful for. It's important. This is the end of the year now. Some of you now, you will not be wise enough to um, reach out to people who have been a blessing to you this year and say thank you. Thank you. Pick up your phone this week. It could be today. It could be tomorrow. It should not get to the 5th of January. You have, you have a business person. You have customers who have really made your business interesting this year. Give them a call or send them a message. We are reaching out from our company to say thank you for being part of us in 2023. We hope to have more of you in 2024. It could be maybe somebody is paying your school fee. Reach out to the person. If you might not have a gift. Listen, anybody who is shouldering your burdens deserves a handkerchief from you to say thank you. You don't need to give heaven an air to be grateful. 
The person knows your capacity at this at this time. The person knows your capacity at this level. It might be a slipper. It might be a handkerchief. It might be a wristwatch. It might be whatsoever. I was talking to my wife yesterday. I no, two days ago, three days ago. I sat down and I it dawned on me. There's one person who have played a very vital role in my life this year, spiritually. And I was planning how to customize a watch. And I told them, I'm going to give you money. Get me a customized watch. Put the person's name in it. And I was planning out to where to get a customized shoe. That is my plan. Get a customized watch. Get a customized shoe. And by January, I'm going to meet him. I say, thank you, sir, for being a blessing to me. Thank you for how much you've done for me. And the person might not even feel that he has done so much. But what you do by that is that you open the person's heart to release more to you. But a lot of us, we are the one that make ourselves lose help. Some of you, listen, listen, let me, let me listen. It could be your husband. You know that man has labored this year. You know that man. Don't take it as a right. Uh -huh. It's not my husband. If he doesn't care for me, who will care? There are women that their husband is not caring for. There are women that their husband is not caring for. There are women this year, they are married quite all right, but they are as good as widows. The husband does not pay their rent. They pay their rent. Doesn't feed them. Doesn't take care of children. They are working. They are not jobless. They are working. There are women their husband has beaten this year, beaten to pop. Oh, it's not me. If it's me, I'll fight back. No problem. Just pray it shouldn't happen to you. Forget those statements now. There are men that their wife has dealt with this year. Their wife has showed them pepper. Their wife has finished them. And you are, you are, you are, you are lucky and by the grace and the mercy of God to be married to a man who has carried your burden, to be married to a man who has made life easy for you and you can't end the year coming into the new year to tell them thank you. What kind of, what kind of privilege is that? What kind of entitlement is that? I know somebody saying, ah, your husband too, your wife too. Yes, this is why a lot of us don't progress in marriage because we feel we are entitled to everything. That's it too. We feel we are entitled. What your father couldn't do for you, a man carried you and is doing it. What your mother couldn't do for you, a woman you married is doing it and you can't even open your mouth. Some of you have friends, all right? You have friends, you have colleagues at work or at school or at church. When they begin to tell you the troubles in their marriage, how do you feel when you are not also having the same trouble? If you don't feel grateful, then you will soon lose your marriage. That marriage is not for you. I'm not saying you are trying to mock them, but you should feel grateful that ah, all these things, I've not even experienced one of them. Then I'm married. I'm lucky to be married to a good man. And you should get back home and tell your husband, thank you. Why are you thanking me like this? Without you telling the husband about the person's issue, that's a personal story the person I've trusted you with. Thank you. Somebody's telling you how the husband have not given her money for the past six months. And if your husband gives you money, it will leave change. He will be asking you, are you okay? Do you want more? As you hear that story, get back and tell him, thank you for taking care of me. Thank you for loving me. Oh, why? what happened? Where are you thanking me? Don't worry. Thank you. Whether you even hear cry or you don't hear, thank you. You have a boss at work who has taken you as a family, who is treating you differently, and that relationship is there. As the year ends, 
send the message or walk up to the boss. I thank you for making my 2023 memorable. Let's be grateful. And Jesus said, were they not 10? Were they not 10? So it means that gratitude is a difficult thing for the human race. Gratitude is a difficult thing for the human race. Gratitude is difficult for people. But that one person, that those few set of people that knows how to do it, always receive something different. And when the man came back and knelt down and said, thank you, Jesus said, go and be made whole. Now, everybody here, I believe you understand English language. The word called made whole is you are now perfect. We perfect your healing. We perfect your healing. So somebody can be sick. You get healed. There can still be some mild pains. All right. Somebody can be sick or you had um, some um, injury and after you get healed, they do some stitches. You will still have the scars of the surgery. You still have the scars of the injury, the mark on your body. All right. You are healed now, but the scars are there. Now, Jesus is saying, what I'm saying now, I'm removing both the sickness and the scars. Wow. You were healed because I prayed. But because you came back to thank me, the scars are taken away. So thanksgiving makes you whole. Thanksgiving puts a seal. Learn to be grateful to God. Learn to be grateful every day. Many of you listening to me now, you are wicked to yourself and to God. You are wicked. Remember where God took you from. Remember, remember. Some of you listening to me, you grew up motherless or fatherless. Some of you, you grew up serving people who dealt with you. Some of you lived a life where you could not even afford rent. But right now, you can rent a house. Right now, you can eat. Right now, you can drive a car. Right now, you can do things. And you can't sit back every year and begin to reminisce to those days where nothing was working and how far God has brought you. And you say, thank you, Jesus. I was talking to my wife days ago and I said to her, I said, there are, there are days in my life where I never thought God would bring me this far. I, I began to take her back. She was like, you have told me this thing before. I said, I can't stop telling about it. That is the, if that is the only way that can keep me humble, if that is the only way I can keep telling God, thank you, then, then, then I can't stop talking about it. I was once sleeping in church for four I was, was, first of all, I was inside Kanishi Market. I was squatting with somebody. Next thing I was sleeping in the market for about three months. The next thing I was, I slept in church for four years. Even as a pastor, I was sent to go and pastor in a place where there was no church. I was sleeping inside the church as a pastor for some months. And I was still ministering, blessing people like that. There was time all I could afford was just a single room. There was a time all I could afford was just a chamber and hall. There was a time all I could afford was just Okada. And I was still serving God joyfully. I will wear my suit, enter Okada, go to church Sunday morning. I will preach, prophesy, I will go home. But today, I am now driving. Today, I'm living in the house. Today, by the message of God, so why can't you look back and always tell God thank you? Remember when you were sick, you thought you would die. 
Remember when you you almost had an accident? Remember when you had an accident? You thought that would be the end of your life. Remember when you 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 went through that difficulty financially? You thought it was your end. Remember how you went through a situation that would have brought shame to you, and you told God, God, if you can just come through for me, if you can just and God in His mercy brought you out of it. Remember when you were in the labor, we were asking God, God, if you can just help me. The problem is we always forget. That is the problem. We always forget. Anybody who is not grateful is somebody who has a short memory. Anybody that has a short memory is never grateful. Never grateful. We always forget. We always forget. So he said, you are made whole. So we thank God, first of all, because God has done something in our life. All right? We thank God because God has done something in our life. Number two, we thank God because of his mercies. We thank God because of his mercies. Hey, this year is the mercy of God. This year, if we are to judge by works, we don't deserve nothing. It's the mercy. 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 If you read Psalm 136, I wish you can post that scripture. Psalm 136 from verse 1. It said, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endure it forever. So we thank God because he is merciful. God has shown us mercy this year. God has shown us mercy this year. God has, he has been merciful this year to us. He has been merciful to us this year. He has been merciful. He deserves thanksgiving. He has been merciful. He has been merciful. A lot of us have come into a situation and you told God, maybe years ago, Father, if I do it again, oh God, if I do it again, this year you did it. You did it again. You did it. Mm, you did it. And yet God was smiling. He said, this is my daughter. This is my son. Oh God, if I do it again, if I do it again, just kill me. Oh God, forgive me. I will never try it again. He said, okay, no problem. After that, you did it again. You did it again. He did it again. His mercy. His mercy endured forever. His mercy endured forever. His mercy. His mercy. All the things you've gotten this year, it is not because you are strong. It is not because you are smart. It is not because you are good. His mercy. His mercy. His mercy. His mercy. His mercy. We're going to restart right now. I want us to give God thanksgiving that is due him. Let's thank God again and again.